Welcome to Well Played Podcast, a show on all things playful and joyous in education. I'm your host, Michael Matera, sixth grade teacher, author, and motivational speaker. Today, I am chatting with an old friend here, Jamie Halsey, and we're going to be talking about new school year and new gamification ideas as we're both sort of veteran gamifiers, but we're always looking for new ideas and new ways to spice up our classroom and definitely our games. So without further ado, let's dive in. I'm super excited to chit chat with Jamie, but for those of you out there who this might be your first episode of Well Played, one, welcome, two, bring a friend next time, three, uh, I want Jamie to introduce herself so you, we all kind of can hear a little bit about her experience. Hi, my name is Jamie Halsey. I teach fourth grade in Roseville, California. Um, I've been teaching for, this is my 18th year of teaching um, and my second year of gamification and I'm loving every minute of it. Nice. I love it. Uh, Jamie and I have done several episodes, so go back and look at some of those episodes. Some really great ones. Uh, all right. Uh, the, ooh, the one other order of business for everyone listening to this podcast, know that you can, for anyone listening to it on Spotify or iTunes or whatever, obviously would love it if you kind of rated us in there. That would be great. But also just know that you can jump over to my YouTube channel and if you want to post a comment there about anything we're like chatting about or you want to share or you want to have a link to something or you want to tell your story, this is episode 130 and we'd love to hear your comments in the YouTube channel. So just go to youtube.com slash Mr. Matera. All right, let's get started here. Uh, yeah, like what do we got, Jamie? What's something that you sort of are adding to your game this year? You're trying out new uh, that you're kind of excited to share out. Well, the first thing that I added, which I'm really, really excited about, is a big map in my room that, well, first let me back up. I, I do Star Wars as my theme. Um, and um, so I wanted to have some sort of interactive map piece in my classroom. And so I have this big map and I have different planets from the Star Wars universe. The kids have created these little ships in their guilds and then they hop from planet to planet. Um, and in between each planet, there are like these little steps. So it's a little bit like a game board where the kids sure. move around. Um, and so I just wanted to have something tangible, something that they could see all the time and kind of track their movements. And then what happens is when they eventually land on a planet, they can pick a destination card. So I wanted to add another way to another make it exciting. I have another deck, believe it or not. <laughs> Jamie came up with these deck systems. You guys got to listen to it. It's amazing. I think it was episode 101. 101, yeah. Yeah, check that out. Yeah, it was. it's really fun. And I just, I wanted a way for the, the group to kind of collaborate together, move on the board, land on a planet, pull a card, and then the card kind of seals their fate. So one card might say, oh, you can go grab an item deck or you could grab a power card. Um, sure. um, or it might be that you can hop to another planet and grab another card, or it might be something negative, like get sucked into the death star. <gasps> and if they get sucked into the death star, then they have to roll their way out of it or pay a fine to get out. And so there's a little element of chance in there as well. A little risk. I love it. Yeah. 
That is fantastic. So, so I have some follow-up questions that I think some of the listeners will have. So I'm gonna I'm gonna play the role of the listener. Okay. Uh, we have a call in right now, and they're asking. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, they're asking. <laughs> Like, so how, what, how does the movement on the board function? Like how, like, as, okay, so I'm one of your groups and we're flying the Millennium Falcon like across space here and we're, we're trying to get to Hoth. Like, let's say it's eight spaces away. Like what gets me to move my ship? What am I doing that allows that? Is it every Monday they move their ship or is it every time they get 80% or higher on some tests? Like what's the, what's the mechanic? So uh, each guild has like an engine, like a fuel engine. So they earn these little fuel cells and they earn them all the time. They can earn them from completing a side quest or leveling up. Um, or I have some cards in my deck that allow them to get additional fuel cells. So once the team has filled up their tank, they can then move on the board. They empty their tank and move. Um, but then I also, what I really liked about this system is it gave kids more access to the deck because I would have cards where it could jump directly to a planet where then they could pull additional cards. So, um, so that's how they move on the board. So it's a little bit slow as far as moving from one place to another, but that kind of motivates the kids to add more fuel cells into their so, tank. If I'm getting this right, they mm -hmm. don't move until the tank is full. Mm -hmm. And then do they get as many movements as they have fuel cells in the tank? Is that how that works? No, or they get one just... move when the tank is full. So, But I don't have that many spaces between planets. So it might okay, be so you're two not... spaces. Yeah. Got yeah. It. So, um, so I did that. And then the other thing I added were these kind of global events. So, for example... Um, when we did our first STEM challenge, that unlocked trading on Fridays amongst the teams. Nice. And so on the board, I put the galactic trader, like an icon of the ship that's this trading caravan thing. Um, or I also have some routes on my map that are covered up right now. But if some sort of event happens, they, they complete something as a, as a class, then I will remove uh, the the part that's covered up and then that reveals another path to other planets. So they have, I have these kind of global things that they earn and they just get super excited when they do that. So, so that's actually one of the things I added this year myself, uh, unlike the planets, but similar, I have these buildings that I sort of worked on last year and it will almost functionally same thing. There's these buildings that they can go to to sort of unlock certain powers or get certain things in my game. Um, I do a YouTube video on buildings. So if you want to check out that, you can definitely go do that. But uh, nonetheless, last year I would just sort of like when I invented a building, I would just sort of hang it up like, oh, we have a new building we can go to. But I didn't like do fanfare. They didn't have to unlock the building. Well, this year, now that I've started the year with like 10 or 12 buildings are already made and I know what they are, I decided that like this is a great opportunity to like unlock something as like a whole house. So like a house for me is a whole period. So the whole period has to like do something or work together. And I don't make it super complex. So any teacher listening to this, it's not like something they're striving for. It's just like a way for me to inject a little bit of fun. So we're coming up at the end of a unit here 
and we did my first boss battle the other day, which is just a review. I mean, basically, I'm asking questions of them, and then they roll a die to defeat this boss. It was it was super fun. They loved it. But the benefit, like when we defeated the boss, it unlocked a building, and they didn't know anything about that before. Um, and it was kind of a cool surprise because one of the first activities they do for me is build these avatars, and they just they thought that was just sort of like flavor to the game. Like they have these avatars, they keep them in their item case. Uh, kids love it, and they're kind of proud of their avatar. But that's like that's all they thought it was for. And now all of a sudden they've introduced these buildings where I'm like, now your avatar is going to come out of your pocket, and you're going to choose a building to sort of put it at. Um, and then we and then they were like, well because I hung it like in the corner of my bulletin board. They're like, is there going to be other? And I'm like, oh yeah, this bulletin board is going to be full of options. And then it was like, well, how do we unlock more? We want like, but uh, it was a great like fanfare sort of moment, which wasn't hard to plan. Cause again, I didn't set up a huge system. Kind of like you said, there aren't many spaces between your planets. Same thing here. I didn't set up this large convoluted, like how they unlock buildings. I'm just going to dole it out kind of when I sort of want, when that's sort of needed. Um, but you can tie it to something. Tie it to some activity. Tie it to a test. Tie it to a whatever. Tie it to just a good classroom discussion. Like, oh, we all, like, this was rich and powerful. And, like, as such, like, we have unlocked this building, right? But now that gives me 10 or 12 for every one of my buildings a chance to have that sort of special moment as a, as a group. And I think, too, those special moments can happen spontaneously. It can be yeah. that, you know, that they were just working really well together. Oh, my gosh, you're amazing. Like, you, you know, everybody was cooperating. So you just unlocked, you know, X, Y, and Z. Um, yeah. And then they get really excited about that and uh, want to do it again. Yeah, so. and it's, mean, it's meaningful and it's like honoring, it's honoring the good work. And it's fun because that's entirely collaborative i mean it's 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 not you're not paying a single person it's not ownership to something it's it's as a group they've done so well and they have now gained access to an area and and then there's a bit of exclusivity there's a bit of like well our house can go to the blacksmith and then i made these like entry sort of denied cards that i put over the other houses because i the way i built these billions there's slots for like here's where illyria can go here's where ramal can go here's where torn here's where zimar can go well illyria so what i did on this first boss battle which i didn't tell in the story is i read them three buildings and they as a house got to choose which building they wanted access to and two houses wanted different buildings so i had to actually hang two buildings and then i put like these other houses cannot go to these buildings yet and then but now it's like it's a cool game choice the next time we do an activity i may read them a new building or do you want access to one of the old buildings that you haven't gained access to um it's just more group choice and i like honoring the collaborative nature and my game if people have been following run the gamut from not collaborative like individual earnings to collaborative but this was a nice ad which i liked yeah, I like the, the idea, and this is a, um, an idea I haven't quite fleshed out yet. I would like each planet to actually do something eventually. That was kind of actually when you and I talked, you had told me about the buildings. And it sounded, it kind of um, triggered some ideas in my brain and what I wanted to do. And I haven't quite fleshed out that side of it, but sure. it's ready 
when my ideas come. <laughs> well, yeah, you definitely have so, like laid the foundation with these plants. It would not be hard once you think through what the plants could do or the benefits to being somewhere. You have this system, which is another thing kind of about gamification in general. Sometimes it's about building it and then <laughs> like now you have the groundwork. You have the infrastructure. Let's say it that way. Like you have things that could you could easily build game mechanics around now that you have planets, now that you have ships, now that you have, you know, these decks. These are all mechanics that could either become more complicated or more rich. Easy peasy. And once the kids are familiar with like, well, we have a ship, we're moving around, we're going to these planets, the planets let us get these decks. Oh, but now all of a sudden you've also added that these planets give you mission cards. And while you're there, like you could draw a mission card, which might dictate the next planet you want to fly to. Like, oh, we could get a just, we can go to any planet. Like this planet, whatever, Tatooine, is only two spots away. And we'd get to draw a destiny card or des destination card, you said. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But you could add these mission cards where it's like, if we go four spots away, not only will we get to draw a destiny card, but we've completed this mission, which automatically, like, they're willing to pay us a kyber crystal for which is something in her game. So like now it's not only a random item, it's also a specific, somebody's willing to pay us a purple kyber, kyber crystal if we deliver them to Tatooine. So like, ooh, we have Princess Leia on our ship. I love that mission card idea. That is great. You know, yeah. So like, that's like <laughs> I did, Yeah, I just, woo, my brain just went all kinds of places. <laughs> Thank you. But it's like, it, but that's a really good example of like, it's about having the infrastructure. Jamie needed to have these planets and these things in motion for us now to lay this piece on top. And maybe she never lays that on top this year. Or maybe that's like a second semester thing when kids are like, yeah, we've bopped around to the planets. We've got the decks. We've seen the, we've seen what's in that deck. <gasps> now, like there's characters that are non, non-player controlled players like Princess Leia that come in and say, we need this mission done. Yeah. I was kind of thinking it, um, Last year, I had this idea, but I didn't. I didn't pull the trigger on it. But I thought about having these allies that that can join them. So, like Chewbacca, you know, maybe they go to, you know, Kashik, which is the um, Wookiee planet, and then they get now Chewbacca's in their in their arsenal, and he can help in some way. Or, you know, they can get a Porg, or they can get, you know, R two D two or whatever. And I thought I that'd be kind good. of fun. That would be fun because it also honors like a lot of video games have found a lot of traction on this idea of like having pets or some sort of additional thing that even in some of these games don't actually even help. <laughs> like it's just that idea of ownership and customization. Mm -hmm. So if like groups could decide what they get or who's their ally or maybe you're only allowed to have two allies at a time or something like that where it's like an interesting choice like do we hey we stopped here do we want Chewbacca or we we're gonna fly on to that next planet and maybe we're waiting to get Han Solo or whatever yeah or who doesn't want a Tauntaun off like a hawk I mean come on who doesn't want one of those I mean hello <laughs> living here in Wisconsin that scene of like freezing to death and like your tauntaun will freeze before the first marker is a quote that I definitely use yearly. <laughs> oh my gosh. You could have tauntauns. We could. In your area. We could. So uh, that's an awesome addition though. Like the board. So I asked you about movement and you kind of answered mm -hmm. that and you sort of in our discussion here kind of answered a follow up question. I was curious if there's some uniqueness to the planet. Is there a reason I want to go to planet A versus planet B? 
but you've kind of answered that right now it's the deck. Yeah. And then, but like you have already got sights on possibilities of making planets have benefits or these characters that you could pick up at certain planets. Right. And, uh, and actually part of the idea came from, I had a little chat with Carrie Bauckham. She and I did a little face to face chat. I had a chat, chat with Carrie Bauckham. Uh, I love she, Carrie Bauckham. She's so amazing. Um, and she really helped me kind of come up with the idea and flush the idea out. And, um, so she, she was the one that kind of gave me the idea for the destination cards and this, these kind of chance items because she has some movement in her game. Um, and so I, I really have to give her credit for helping me with that, which I, I really enjoy. But she had all kinds of ideas like, oh, if all of a sudden, like if you're on, you know, Hoth, maybe something happens, you know, like, mm -hmm. or, you know, if you're... Um, I don't know if you do this certain quest, you know, something happens on the board. So, and she was the one that, that gave me the idea to unlock routes in between and keep those covered up until, you know, different events happen. So I really, it was really fun talking to her. And I think, um, in your people in your audience, you know, it's really great to reach out to somebody and have discussions, um, and, you know, come up with an idea and then talk to somebody about it. And, and it's amazing, you know, just like you and I talking right now, like talking about the mission card idea. And, you know, that's something I'd like to pull the trigger on this week, this year for sure. And, and give it a try. That's, um, uh, I mean, it's so true. And I think actually this podcast is a good example of it right now. Like Jamie said, like, None of this was scripted ahead of time. This is all like just we're talking, but like through that talking, you get excited. And that other person, that fresh eyes on that might even just ask an innocent question that actually is a whole new idea. You know, like, oh, so like what happens on these planets? And you're like, oh, like I've just been using the same day. Like, ooh. But I do want to point out about the way you started them, how there's like a, there is a single deck, right, for like landing on a planet. They're not, there like, is. they're not, they're not planet specific decks, right? Exactly. Yeah. And like what yeah. I want to comment on is like, I just want to remind people that is like genius though, to start simple because the, not only for you, not only for the function for the teacher, but also like realize like other classes. And I'm not saying this in a condescending way, other classes that aren't gamifying have a very, traditional no that's a that's a loaded word a very like understandable cadence to their classroom right like when you're not gamifying most classrooms kind of have a very similar sort of pattern of like learn something like review something test something or something like that or right lecture or small group or whatever there's a cadence to the class in a gamified class there are these like moments that are different there are these pops of like well, we didn't expect this we didn't know what we can move our ships we even get a ship like, so starting small is actually genius. It is a benefit to you. Like now you have a single deck. You only have to come up with a single certain thing. But like for the kids, that's a brand new thing. So why somebody else, so some people that I talk to about gamifying, they want to jump straight to the thing that's going to be Jamie five years from now, which might be individual planet decks, maybe having these mission cards, maybe also having these like characters they can interact with. Like, holy cow, that's a ton of things. And what happens is when you start that way, it just doesn't work. 
because mm-hmm. you're not familiar with it, they're not familiar with it, and then you're like, this is clunky, this is... And it may actually not be clunky. It's just you're all inexperienced at it. And so then it's like, we're not doing this. So I, I think, think it's genius. It, you, you made yeah. that singularity. Keep it simple, for sure. You know, because if you can't execute it, it's going to be burdensome, burdensome and it's just not going to work, like you said. And then they can get excited about when you add that feature, right? Like you don't have to have all these features to start. So like they're right now excited just to go to these planets and get these destiny dice or or uh, these deck dice, you know, like, oh, let's do it. But then, like I said, maybe second quarter you add the missions or maybe second quarter you you add these characters. And and maybe to start that, you started very simple. Like maybe there's only three characters they can choose from because that's all you could come up with in terms of what would benefit their missions. And yes, they could get excited like, is there Boba Fett? Is there this? Is there is there Tauntauns? Is there the Millennium Fall? Is And you could sort of say like, I want those things. Like, help me come up with what they would do in the context of this. But they will be excited by even the simplicity of adding like two characters. Exactly. And I think too, um, as the game progresses throughout the year, there will be lulls in the game. And that's the perfect opportunity to try something new or just add a tiny layer onto what you're doing. Yeah. That's really good advice to save some of those things for those moments. Like if you have an idea today, but it's the beginning of the year and things are working and people are excited. My boss battle, my first boss battle, literally the next day kids were like, can we, can we do that again today? And it's like, I just asked you a review question. That's like all we really did. But like they're they love it, right? So like the game's working right now. I don't need to add that next wrinkle. So save some of those for like, yeah, we're gonna try that in January when they're bored of school and it's freezing cold out here in Wisconsin. Like, yeah, let's try the new thing. For sure. And you know, as a matter of fact, at the end of the year last year, I went through. I don't even know how many cards are created. There's so many, and I just weeded out all the ones that I we're not gonna play at the beginning of the year. We're gonna you know, slowly add those to the deck. And then it becomes like, you know, this thing to look forward to, like you never know what's going to pop in there. Um, So, you know, I don't put boss battle things in there until after we have a boss battle and they know what that is and they have context for those cards. Thousand percent. Yeah. Then they get it. When you first start out, I a hundred percent understand people like throwing every item that they've come up with in the game. But as you progress, like I totally thousand percent agree with Jamie get into the habit of like, no, like I have items that's like, yep, that's not going to come into play until like my grace unit. Like I think of my units like a timeline and it's like, all right, like here's a super powerful item that would literally like break the game if I gave it to him first quarter, <laughs> like, but it works third quarter because they're only going to be able to use it so many times. And like, so you can have some super powerful items that they're going to get super jazzed about. Like in Jamie's game, they could have like the new hyperspace, you know, jump that they like develop. That would be super unfair right now if they could like just fly around anywhere. Like, oh, but maybe the last five weeks of school, they've invented the ability if their ship gets this upgraded engine that they could just literally bop to almost any planet. So like every planet's one move away. Super powerful. Break the game right now. Yeah. Like. Well, for the last like four weeks of school, sweet. Let's see if let's see if they can get enough kyber crystals to get that lightsaber they wanted, right? And it makes it fun, and it's a crescendo at the end of the game. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's really exciting. And that was uh, it was hard to weed through all those cards and 
figure it out. But I really like how, how, uh, I played it at the beginning of the year where the majority of my power cards were just those type comfort type items and, you know, schooly type cards and then the kyber crystals and that was it. And then now we've started adding and then, um, you know, and then now students are starting to create items, which is really fun too. I have four now in my deck, um, that are student created from this year. Nice. So, yeah. So for really me, cool. like another thing I'm adding this year, maybe it's not totally new, but like I'm flushing out a little more is, um, in my game, most of my badges, like 99% of my badges, don't do anything other than they add points at the end of the game. And they know that they want them and they like, they're not listed on the leaderboard yet. So it's like this mysterious, like, I know I'm going to get a big bonus check of points at the end of the year. Like, but uh, it's my items that do things. And then my, my badges don't really like do anything other than points. This year, I've been toying with like, having some badges be like an item. Like if you have this badge, it allows hmm. you to do something. And uh, most of them are access-based. Most of them are like, you now can do something others can't. Um, but that's been fun. I've developed a few and it's been interesting. I have uh, right now three uh, that have really been fun for the kids and motivating for the kids. And I... I've liked that sort of additional wrinkle. And in my game, just to sort of flush some things out here, they can't trade badges, but they can trade items. So now having a badge that can do something is like, ooh, that's pretty sweet because like that means that kid can do it and no one else can or or just the five kids that have that badge or whatever. And I don't limit my badges. So like there could be 80 kids that could do it, but like I'm not, I just know that I'm not going to give out 80 of them. So it is a rarity. So how do you balance having, because if, if they have a badge and they can't give it away, how do you balance the badge so it doesn't become so powerful? Or maybe you want it to be powerful. I don't know. Um, well, so I would argue like, balance. that's a good question. Like I would argue like you're always again in control of your game. So what I do, like one of the badges I'll talk about right now is I have the fire badge, I call it. And this is an interesting thing that I'm experimenting with is sort of who are the students that can have delayed gratification, who are patient enough mm -hmm. to understand this is powerful down the road. So the fire badge itself doesn't do anything. However, there are now these elements I'm weaving into my game where like there was a quest this time that you could not do unless you had a fire badge. It was clay creation. And I pretended Got you it. couldn't like fire the like clay. It's this quest where they're going to build something out of clay, but you couldn't do it unless you had the fire badge. Like, all right. Then I decided there are going to be some items that are amplified by having the fire badge. So like if you have the you know, Neolithic Spear, it's five battle points for those of you that know what that is in my game. Uh, but if you have the fire badge, it's 15 battle points. But so to, to answer your question about balance, I'm in control of those opportunities. I'm in control of how much it amplifies. So I don't think it'll get out of whack or too wonky, but it's a good question. You got to worry about that. But it's been fun to have this interplay between badges and items now. There's like a new, like kids are starting to see it as like, I may want certain badges with that complement certain items, or maybe I want that ability. Um, 
So it's been, it's been great. That's really cool. I like the idea of you not giving any sort of attributes to the badge until it comes up in other areas. That makes much more sense. <laughs> it's been it's been fun, and, it's, and there's some kids I offer. I'm like, this quest wasn't good enough. Do you want the fire badge, or do you want these items? Some kids do not want that sort of delayed gratification. They want instant gratification, so they're like, I will take the item. But mm -hmm. it's an interesting thing to see who are my students that are like, no, 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 I understand this is going to be worth it because Mr. Mateo is going to make it worth it. So like, yep, I'll take the, I'll take the fire badge, and and there is no wrong answer there. I mean, you can have the item right away. Mm -hmm. But it's been fun to see that and see who plays that long game. I mean, this is 180 days, school days. Like, yeah. <laughs> like who's playing who's playing the long game? Getting the fire badge unit one is pretty sweet because there's going to be certain things throughout the year that are going to come up that you have the access to. So, but Jamie, I can't believe it. We are at reflection time. So I got wow. the quote all queued up here and ready for us. You ready? I'm ready. So as always, for those of you that have not been part of the well-played community, and this is your first, just want to tell you, so the reflection time is always a quote that I picked out here that's going to like pair with what we've talked about. Jamie and I are going to kind of spin it in how it's applied to our classrooms or our gamified units or those kind of things. So here we are. We have this one by John Keynes. And the quote goes, the difficulty lies not so much in developing new ideas as in escaping from the old ones. Yeah, I think uh, just the whole idea of gamification. Um, you know, we're kind of stuck as teachers kind of doing the same thing year after year after year after year. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that because we come up with some really great lessons and great ideas. But adding that gamification layer on top can take an old idea that you've been doing and add a new spin on it. And then I think too this year, you know, I have, I've worked with the deck idea and the deck mechanic for a year and then adding this new map element to it is, you know, again, giving kids access to the deck. It's a similar mechanic, but it just adds a new spin and a new idea and makes things fresh for, well, not necessarily the kids because they don't know the game yet, but it definitely keeps it fresh for me and it just adds another layer and, um, makes it exciting for everyone. Yeah, I love this quote. It's fantastic because I think actually this episode, this chat with you, Jamie, is a perfect example of this, right? Like, it's not actually difficult to necessarily generate new ideas. Uh, it's about like, it's it, the hard part is escaping the systems we've created, even the systems we've created ourselves. Like I think of the realm of nobles in a certain way. My example of badges now taking a huge for me, like left turn and being able to do something that's big for me. Like I thought of badges a single way before I thought of items a single way and the two shall never meet. And like developing new ideas around badges and escaping this old style I've created. Right you adding new ideas to your thing the ideas can come pretty quickly but like how are you going to actually use them how are you going to implement them and how are you going to make way for them and that might mean dropping things out or like you said you didn't really drop out items but you decided not all items are going to start the game like we're going to like we're going to introduce some of those into the deck 
And that's a different idea. That's a different take. And I think honoring the fact that those are different takes. I think sometimes people are only looking for big changes. But the reality is a simple tweak like that over a course of a 180-day game, you end up in a very different spot. For sure. And I think, too, like making those little tiny tweaks helps the kids actually play the game and understand the game as well because they get used to doing it a certain way and then you just tweak it just a tiny bit and then it's like they kind of see the game with fresh eyes and see school with fresh eyes as well. So, you know, it makes it intriguing. 100% agree. Jamie, thank you so much for coming on the show. I absolutely love chatting with you. We know that you are going to be coming back time and time again. I love it. Love having you be part of this community as well as uh, XPLAP, which is the Twitter chat. And we, we've done some YouTube lives together. So that's, that's fantastic. Thank you for being a part of it all. Thank you for having me again. Everyone else that's out there, uh, thank you for being part of the well-played community. Hopefully you've checked out these other avenues to, to connect, whether that's Explore Like a Pirate's Twitter chat, which is XPLAP, or the YouTube channel. Uh, hopefully you've picked up my book. It's a good one. Check out other books, too, uh, by the DBC, as well as others. Carrie Bauckham's book just came out, so check that out. Uh, John Meeham's book is another great addition. I still love Quinn Rollins' Play Like a Pirate. I think it pairs so well with uh, Explore Like a Pirate and doing these uh, wonderful, fantastic things. And the book that got me started on all of this craziness was Dave Burgess' Teach Like a Pirate. Uh, so check those out. Love to have you guys back next week so enjoy your week and play on